Thai here. Today is such an amazing day because I am joined by Tony Robinson of Stilettos and Screwdrivers. Hey, Tony. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great. I am so excited to talk to you for so many reasons. Um, Tony is an amazing entrepreneur. Her accomplishments are outstanding, and we're going to talk about a lot. Um, and I want everyone to know who you are by the end of this podcast. So I'm really excited about that. But before we even do our interview, mm-hmm. I want to know if you saw Hidden Figures. Yes, yes, did. I did. Yes, I did. What was your favorite part? Because I think it's important to talk about that movie um, because it directly relates with what we're going to talk about, which is STEM, right? woman in science and technology, and maybe the lack, the lack of women in science and right, technology. Right. So what was your favorite part of the movie? Uh, well, that movie, hands down, was the best mm-hmm. movie. Um, the portrayal was so amazing um, of these women. And I had so many favorite parts. Yeah. I mean, I, I cried a couple of times. I embarrassed my, my kids. <laughs> but I think what stood out in my mind the most was when uh, Janelle Monae, who played Mary Jackson, mm-hmm. who was the engineer, when she fought for um, her privilege to go to that all-white school. Ooh, yes. I think it was outstanding when she um, went to the judge and was persistent. She used the art of persuasion and she got what she wanted. I mean, I wanted to stand up and jump up and down in that movie theater. But that was just one part. But I really enjoyed that movie. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yes. Yes. That was a powerful moment. Um, Because she talked about first. Yes. Yes. And she made that like Mm -hmm. stoic judge. That's um, right. Breakdown. One of my favorite parts and what made me emotional was the bathroom breakdown. Yes. I I think I I had boogers and I was crying really hard. (laughs) (laughs) Embarrassing. I I feel like we take so much advantage. We take a lot for granted. Sorry. And um, I feel like something as small as going to the bathroom was meant so much to those Mm -hmm. women. And just to see her just break down and, you know, we couldn't even use the coffee machine. Like, it was a problem. And mm-hmm. to be the only woman, and not only the only woman, but the only black woman. Yes, yes. Under mm-hmm. that ridicule mm-hmm. and under that microscope, I thought that was powerful. So, yeah, but the film highlighted a problem that we have today, which is the lack of women and minority women in STEM fields. And so I'm excited to dive into this topic with you. I'm excited, too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I want to understand, you know, your trajectory of becoming an entrepreneur. um, And I want to talk about your book, She Conquered. So let's just start. All right. For those who don't know who you are, this is their first time hearing your name. You have a business called Stilettos and Screwdrivers. Yes. What is Stilettos and Screwdrivers? Okay. Uh, Stilettos and Screwdrivers is a mobile electronic repair company. Okay. So we do repairs on wheels, basically. And um, we fix everything, not just phones and and mobiles, tablets, um, computers, laptops, whatever electronic device you may have. You broke your remote. I mean, you can send it to the cable company. But other than that, um, we repair everything. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. Yes. 
Um, so you are a fellow New Yorker. You were born in Brooklyn, but raised in Harlem. Yes. Which is like totally, I'm from Brooklyn. And right. I know that we think Harlem is a totally yes, different world. That's another country. Another country, <laughs> their own language, their own way of dress. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit more about your journey growing up and how important it was for you to not become a product of your environment. Well, um, growing up, uh, it was difficult because um, I'm one of four. Oh, wow. Yes, two girls and two boys. And my mom was a single parent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she she struggled yeah. to provide for us because mm-hmm. it was only her. So um, we didn't have what a lot of people probably had. You know, um, we did have public assistance at times, mm-hmm. you know, to make ends meet. And our environment wasn't as safe, you know, as it could have been. But um, I always was, um, I would say I was a strong person um, from from a young age because seeing my mom having to, you know, struggle the way she did, I never wanted to be a problem for her. Oh, yeah. So I, in my mind, I felt that I was responsible to, take care of myself and make sure that I was um, responsible enough to make the right decision so she didn't have to think about dealing with me. So that that was my mindset for (laughs) from at a young age. Mm -hmm. Like she never had to ask me to do my homework and and things of that nature. So um, I was self-sufficient from from early on. And that just made my, you know, perception on on everything pretty different. Mm -hmm. I, I think I matured early on Mm -hmm. seeing you know the the environment I I didn't want any part of it so I think that's what drove me so in the first sentence of your book she conquered you said and I quote go to school they said snag a great career they said so I listened and I want to address like basically dissect that sentence because it was powerful and it was your first sentence um I want to address two things in that sentence, which is the they said and the listen. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you break free from those they said people? Well, it could be difficult because the they said encompasses so many. Mm-hmm. The, the they said could be uh, people that you grew up with. Mm-hmm. It could be your family. It could be just society in general. Mm-hmm. Um, we have this one way of thinking where, you know, you must do things according to, you know, a certain schedule. You have to graduate, you have to go to school, possibly get your master's. Not saying that there's anything wrong with that. Right. But when you have a gift and you know what that gift is, to not try to hone in on it and and perfect it, I see it as a problem. And even though, you know, you might go to school for a skill or to, to just learn how to be in the business world, whatever the case is, um, I still feel that people just stigmatize just wanting to do something different. Like, it's wrong to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you think about it, and if you say, well, I want to, you know, pursue uh, whatever, whatever it is mm-hmm. as a, a creative. And they say, well, no, you know, you shouldn't do that. Or right. that's, that's a dumb idea. Like that's what they said, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to, to walk away from that is, is really difficult, yeah. but you have to have that assurity. You have to know, like, 
you know what? I'm still going to try anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I, I still have to. I have to. It, it is something that is in me to, to do. So I, I basically just, I shout that from the rooftop. Like, don't listen to they. <laughs> but then you say, I listen. Yes. So yes. now this is you. Yes, this is me now. Today, mm-hmm. At first, you listen. Mm-hmm. So why did you initially choose to listen? Because that's what everyone does. Mm-hmm. You know, when your parents and when your teachers, you know, say you must go to school, you must, you know, get a bachelor's, you must get a master's, that's required. That's what you know. That's all you know. So when you think of anything else, you know, even though it, they're not being harmful, you know, to it. That's, that's all in, in good faith, you know, they want you to do good. So it's not like it's a bad thing, um, by listening, but if it conflicted with who you were, you know, to not even try is, is a difficult thing. I I think when I first listened, it is just because I was supposed to. Right. No, you know? I, I understand where you're coming from because I had a similar situation. Mm-hmm. I had a they said and I had a listen situation mm-hmm. <laughs> where the they said was my family wanting me to go to law school. Mm-hmm. Ever since I was like in junior high school, you're going to law school. And me about to graduate from college, knowing like just doing a whole political science law school degree and knowing that that didn't get me excited um but I listened to them anyway and I even went so far as to taking the LSAT and mm-hmm. applying to law school mm-hmm. um so I've had that situation I totally understand where you're coming from um but it's it's important to break free mm-hmm. but we're going to get to your break free moment eventually but you initially you worked as a electronic technician how yes. long did you do that 15 years. Wow. Yeah. So what was that experience like for you? Um, It was exciting. Um, I had my ups and downs, but uh, when I first started, like, it was just like, hear me roar type, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, deal. I was always the only girl. When I was in high school, when I was in college, it was me and another person, another female. Right. And that was it. So when I got to work, um, I was in a department of about 300 people mm-hmm. and there were only five women in my whole career there what is that like one that's that isn't even <laughs> on the, the map it's, it's nothing um right. so um for me to be there I felt it as a challenge because it's like you know I have something to prove like right. I could I could start with the big boys I can do it so right. being there it taught me a lot you know dealing with people um personal skills, you know, just doing a lot of um, repairs and, and, and trying to be the best, not just a female, but the best technician at the time was, was something that I was striving to do. But in that situation, mm-hmm. right? And I know a lot of people, they, they talk about this and they vent about this. Was there ever a moment where you felt like, I'm so good at my job, I'm like one of the best, Mm-hmm. And yet, I still don't feel like I'm on the level of my male count- counterpart. Oh yes, oh yes, I did, I did. Um, starting off was pretty difficult because I had a lot 
um, going against me. So I was a female. Right. Um, I was black. <laughs> and I was young. Yes. So that in itself, being a young tech, you, I think more so being young than being a woman was somewhat like a, a, a plague because they don't want to teach the young one because they don't, they, they don't want them taking their job. Yep. That's in their mind. Like, oh yeah, she'll, she'll figure it out on her own. So I had a lot going against me when I first started. But I didn't allow that to, you know, deter me from learning. I had a person who was supposed to have trained me say no. Wow. Figure it out. But I did. So, you know, it was it was a struggle. It was a struggle. And then once I became the go to girl to repair things and people were requesting me on jobs, um, the the hate came. <laughs> Yeah. Because, all right, you know, I've proved myself, I thought. You know, I, I've been pushing out work. You know, I've been repairing things. But still, I'm that girl, you know. So it was moments when there were workers that would say things. My colleagues would say things slick out of their mouth because of feeling threatened. Mm. So you deal with that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Mm -hmm. It's funny that you bring up the young, the age part. Because... Mm -hmm. I think that's a lot um, that's something that a lot of millennials deal with mm -hmm. entering the, in the workforce right um, and there's a lot of you know like figure it out you'll you know you'll get there because it's like a threat so recently um, I personally felt like it was time for me to leave my job after being there for five years mm -hmm. I felt stifled Going to work every day, it felt like anxiety. Um, and I know that's a similar experience you had where, where you felt like after a while, you just felt trapped in your day job. You just felt trapped in your nine to five. Mm -hmm. How did you know you were trapped? And what was your moment where you decided you had to leave? Like it was not for you anymore. Well, um, I would, I'm going to put it on my kids. <laughs> They, yep. they change, <laughs> they change your life. So right. prior to having children, I was fine. You know, I, I was used to the hectic schedule, um, you know, working at a, a company that's 24 seven, you know, operated seven days a week. You have to be there. You have to be, you know, um, on call. So it was okay. So when I had my children, um, I moved into another state. So I was living in New Jersey and the commute was terrible. And also, I wasn't home. So the feeling trapped became at that point when, you know, being a mommy, being a career mom, it, it wasn't working for me. So although I was blessed to have that job, you know, um, when I did, I felt that I needed to change. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know what I was going to do. But at that time, I was like, this can't be life. Like, how can I just do this? And then knowing that I'm coming home exhausted and not giving my attention or my full energy to what I really want to do. Like, what am I doing? Right. You know, so it became an ongoing thing with me. Like, I would wake up and have to prep myself. I know you've probably seen those posts on Facebook where there's someone in the car and they're drinking. Right. <laughs> and they're like, I got to do this. I got to yeah. go out. So <laughs> that that was me. So, um 
<laughs> I didn't know what to do, but I knew I had to do something. So that's when the journey started. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that journey. Uh, but what advice would you give to people on when to know it's time to go? Um, when your whole day feels negative. Mm. When you cannot find any solace. <laughs> Right. The whole time you're there. If you're always thinking I have to get out of here or you have your like when I would come out of my job, like my shoulders would be tense. Wow. And then I'm noticing that I'm just holding on to all of this and I have to like let it go by the time I get home. And it took a process. It took me about an hour and a half to get home. So by that time I was calm. So I'm like, yeah, this is this is not it. Mm. I I can't do this. So. Wow. Mm hmm. I am all about the six to ten hustle. Mm-hmm. I believe in it. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like you should only have a nine to five and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, your business started out as a six to ten hustle. Yes. So I want to talk about the importance of this hustle mm-hmm. um, in building you up professionally and as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, when you have an idea and you don't work on it, I think that you're just, it's a disadvantage to yourself because you're working, you know, eight hours at, for someone else. Mm -hmm. And when you come home, what are you doing for yourself? Right. Like you have to have some type of outlet, um, to let your, juices fly Mm -hmm. because as a creative you have to work on something it's just like you just feel lost without it yeah so do that right do that in in the beginning it doesn't have to be with the intention of leaving your job or whatever but work on something do something that you love to do Mm -hmm. you have to every day every day and by you doing that that's when you get to see what will work and what won't work right Mm mm-hmm so one of my pet peeves is when people call some of my passions hobbies. Mm-hmm. I hate that word. Right. <laughs> um, because I feel like it's certain people's way of downplaying like yes. passion. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you make people see and understand that your quote-unquote hobby was actually a lucrative business? Well, I had to allow the business to show them that because you can't tell people enough that yeah. what you're doing is... is actually making money they have to see it Mm -hmm. so I was quiet for a while I didn't say anything to anyone I basically just worked my hustle Mm -hmm. you know I I took that the time and and I really sacrificed a lot of you know just free time to really um build this business and when they saw like oh you know she got a lot of customers or (laughs) oh look at all those people responding to her you know that's when they're looking like okay maybe maybe I can do something like that so you sometimes you just have to just stay to yourself and and not allow you you have to be in a bubble for a little bit yeah not allow those words to get to you I agree um Sometimes we make excuses, though, to avoid taking that leap. Oh, definitely. Of faith. Mm -hmm. Um, And and the excuses are very valid. We have rent. We have school. We have children. We have taxes. We have car loans. So we have a lot going on. What forced you 
to say, okay, I know I have these adult responsibilities. I know I have my kids. I know mm-hmm. I have my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm taking the leap in spite of all of this. Mm-hmm. Well, it it the leap took me a long time. I was leaping for like about three years. Oh, talk, speak on it. So, so when, when we think of a leap, mm-hmm. we might think of just a moment where we just do it. But the process has to be right. Yes. You you can't just think of the end result. You have to think of what am I going to do to get there? Mm. And sometimes you have to work on yourself before you even think about doing something um just that of uh, that, you know, big. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, like if you were thinking about getting into, you know, your your side hustle as your main, how is your credit? You know, what is, you know, your your work ethic? Sometimes you got to work on yourself before you it can even go there. Yes. So it is a lot of planning. Like I said, you have to, I, I carry a, a notebook with me and I brainstorm and I see what I have to work on myself mm-hmm. before I can get there. And I can honestly say in that time span, in the beginning, I wasn't ready emotionally. Right. I wasn't. So it it takes a lot just to actually um, get to the point of of taking that leap. You you have a a lot to do. So it's not something that you just want to you know just jump out the window. You have to have a plan. Good point. <laughs> I mean that's true. <laughs> that's so true. But let's talk about your aha moment. Okay. After the three years, mm-hmm. you're building yourself up. You're becoming a better person financially. Um, mentally, what happened that said, you know what, I have to start stilettos and screwdrivers. Like, this is it. I'm done with my nine to five. I'm done with all of it. And I'm starting my business. I'm becoming an entrepreneur. Well, my aha moment came before um, I actually put a legal title on the the, um, company. So the aha moment was seeing how... um, I was solving a problem and getting paid for it. So when I tell uh, a lot of people this, because um, right now I'm actually doing consulting work to help other people build businesses. So once I tell them, once you, whatever uh, it is that you're doing, Mm -hmm. once you realize how you are solving a problem, um, you'll always be needed. So, for instance, for me, I saw there was a need. You know, there's people who break their phones one too many times. Right. There's carriers who only allow them two claims a year, three mm-hmm. claims a year. If you do it the fourth time, where are you going to go? What right. are you going to do? You're going to stay the rest of the year with a broke phone. So I found that need and I said, I can I can kill this. So when you th- that I have moment was when I saw the need need and how I can remain lucrative for a long time because when you think about it you might have an idea and it might work but is it does it have longevity yes can you actually see you yourself doing this you know between five to ten years right so that was my aha moment when I when I was able to repair those phones and see like you know this is not going to stop right technology is here to stay I could do this 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 is when I had that aha moment 
So in your book, She Conquered, I know you questioned, and I quote again, Mm -hmm. who would teach me? Um, And I think that is a very valid question. Sometimes when you start a venture, it feels like you're alone and there's no one to talk to and no one to help you or give you advice. So how did you navigate that whole, I don't know, maybe not finding a mentor, but just like, you know, just starting and learning and how did that work? I think um, you have to put yourself in situations Um, that is conducive to what you are into. Mm -hmm. So I surrounded myself with, you know, other female entrepreneurs because I didn't know anything. So where do I go? I found, I, I searched and I found places where they help startups or communities that allowed, um, you know, resources that could be accessible. So you have to find, you know, find those those people that could help. You have to go and you have to ask, you know, those those people who are actually doing it. And that's one thing that I say, you don't worry about those who say that you can't. You find those who are doing it. That's who you listen to. Mm. So, that's that's So it. you reach out to them really? Yes, yes. Mhm. And now it's 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 better because There's so much on social media that you can associate with, you know, um, solopreneurs, creatives, you know, whatever it is. But you have to hunt. You have to actually find, you know, those people that can help you. Mm -hmm. Um, So that leads us into our next segment which is called Love, Life, and Balance. Okay. Um, and this is probably my favorite segment because <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out, girl. It's, it's, it's just a lot. Um, but in your book, you said, Before I leave for work, two pairs of eyes looked at me, sometimes with tears in them, asking me to stay. And this is the story of so many working moms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... How did you deal with that? Well, it was really difficult. Um, it to to be apart, you know, away from them, and to honestly, you, you're basically building your career. You know, you're you're trying to find who you are. You know, and you're taking care of babies at the same time. Right. It's it's difficult. It's very difficult. But I learned to not beat myself up over the fact that I had to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone has to work. Right. So you have to step away and forgive yourself mm-hmm. from being away from home because it's inevitable. You have to do it. But what I did do, I didn't allow anything to distract me from when I was there. So it wasn't so much as the quantity, but it was the quality. Even if it was an hour when I got home mm-hmm. before they went to bed, I made sure that they were the focus of my attention no phones you know nothing between us I made sure that we communicated with one another asked them how their day was read a book with them look at their shows so the time that you do have you make sure that you give them the best you know at Mm -hmm. that time so that's a good point yeah so you're a wife you're a mom you're a career woman some would say you have it all Mm -hmm. Uh, what are some of the pressures that come with that having it all title? Um, pressures, 
you're tired. <laughs> um, it's 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 like if you, I don't know when when it seems as if you do have it all. It's like okay, well, how do I I juggle it all? You know, right. it is difficult. Um, but I take each title very seriously. So um, whatever I can do as a wife, I do it to my best. Of, ability as a mommy as you know so I don't you know think about each aspect that's just who I am so what can I do to to better myself you know as as a wife am I am I listening you know Mm. are we communicating you know am am I being too much of an independent spirit because being a career woman and knowing what you want is difficult when when you have a mate because it's like I am woman, hear me roar. And when you have a relationship, that might not be the way to go. So you, you, it, it's a lot of uh, balancing. I mean, the pressure is there. Um, but if you're doing it right, you're happy. So got it. <laughs> got it. Um, you're still really young. Mm-hmm. So for a single woman like me, who are looking for love but don't know how to balance that with a career, what advice would you give us? Well. Like I said before, um, being so independent is great, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we have to loosen up the grip a little bit (laughs) because (laughs) you you know what I'm talking about. Like, you know, as, as a woman, when you are doing it all, you know, there's no need for anyone. Yep. So if you have that mentality, who are you going to attract if you don't need anything? And I'm not to say that you're this damsel in distress, but a man wants to feel that he's wanted and that he's needed. So in in those ways, sometimes you got to let go of the reins a little bit and and let him do. Let him do. So, you know, if you are dating and it's someone who is attracted to you, let him let him do. Let him do a little bit. (laughs) It's hard. I know. (laughs) Very hard. Um, So I want to talk about stilettos and screwdrivers. All right. So now we're in the entrepreneur phase of your life. And it seems like you battled two identities Mm -hmm. throughout your life. So you were like the tomboy. And then you were like the girly girl. And then you're the dancer. And then you're the technician. Um... (laughs) but these identities followed you all the way into building your brand why was that important I think um when you are branding yourself you have to remain original Mm -hmm. and what way to do that is to be yourself right we're all unique Mm -hmm. we all have different gifts so we need to just stay true to who we are and I'm from from a young age until now, that was a part of me, and it still is. Right. Like, I, I feel that we have to just be in glory with, with who we are. You know, I'm... I'm rough, you know, I, 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 you know, shoot the dozens with the guys, right. but I love dressing up. Yeah. It's no, it's okay. Like you, you have to be all right with who you are and, mm-hmm. and stand up, you know, for, for who you are. The stilettos and screwdrivers truck is such, <laughs> it is such a cool idea. Like it's really amazing. Um, 
why did you choose to have like a modern office on wheels as opposed to setting up shop at home or setting up shop at an office space like why a truck so um that was a, a part of my plan you know you have to plan everything out so um when i initially thought of the idea you know obviously you would think of having a storefront you know or space but I know in technology, convenience is everything and time is everything. Mm -hmm. So someone who's going to get something fixed is not, they don't want to wait. So why don't I provide that service of being right there for them? So I'm winning on all angles, yes, you know? So yes. this is where the idea of the truck came from. We, we come to you. Right. So I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay, because it's hot. Mm -hmm. There's food trucks, there's fashion right. trucks, there's stilettos and screwdriver trucks. <laughs> um, do you believe you're living in purpose? I do. Now I do. Um, for, for a long time, I was wondering, it, it felt as if it, I wasn't. Like, right. it was just you going through the motions and stuff. Yeah. But to be a spokesperson for women in tech. To have people say, I inspire them. To go to schools and talk to young ones and they see my brown face and say, mm -hmm. oh, I can do it. Yep. It's everything to me. Right. So what can we expect from you in the near future? What's happening? What's going on? Okay, so Stilettos and Screwdrivers is growing. Awesome. And we are an electronic repair company, but now we're so much more. So I am relaunching my website so it's going to be all things tech. You know, I'm going to have a blog featuring women in tech um, once a week. Um, we're going to have um, products on the website where people can actually purchase an ebook on how to create a, a mobile business. So there's going to be a lot of resources on the website um, as well as consultations with me mm -hmm. to um, just have either a business audit with what you're working with now or to start something, you know, we can have a one-on-one -on -one and you can become my client, you know, and, and start something. That's awesome. Well, guys, that's our show. Tony, I'm so excited that I had the opportunity to talk to you and kind of pick your brain and understand your trajectory to where you are today is there anything else you have going on please this is your time to shamelessly plug we <laughs> want to know what's happening with you yes yeah, so i i look out i also have a, another book coming out Ooh. it's called mompreneur so nice. it's going you know just having it's, it's going to be a collaboration just like she conquered mm -hmm. um but it's is just the journey of being a mom and being an entrepreneur. Nice. Yes. And um, like I said before, we have um, the tutorials that's going to be on the website. I will be doing a lot of speaking engagements um, in March for Women's History. So look Ooh. out for me. Yes. Um, my website is stilettos-n-screwdrivers.com. And that's where you can get all the details on everything that I'm working on. And as well as my Instagram, yes. stilettos underscore n underscore screw, screwdrivers, excuse me. <laughs> and um, that's about it. Awesome. Um, and as always, guys, 
please follow my blog at lifestylebykai.com. The Instagram is lifestylebykai. And the Twitter is at bykaiblog. So that's our show. I hope you guys enjoyed. Bye.